episode of 30 flirty and surviving this is tracy new episodes come out every monday at 9 a.m on apple iheart spotify and you can also check for additional clips on youtube and follow on instagram at 30 flirty surviving for anything behind the scenes and check out some of your favorite guests they'll all be tagged and anything you need to know will be on that page my guest today is actually somebody who i met a couple months ago and i sort of harassed her we were at this local event and I found out about her background and I ended up just talking her ear off the entire evening and it became very very clear to me that I needed to have her on the show because if we were that engaged for an entire evening I knew there was a lot more that we could really uncover and a lot of valuable information to share with you guys. She is a functional dietitian and her name is Abby Huber. She has her own company which she's founded called Above Health and she also has her own podcast as well which we will talk about a little bit later but without further ado Abby thank you so much for joining I'm so excited to be here and it was totally mutual and like you I'm like <laughs> I, I talked your that. ear off yeah <laughs> I literally just like as soon as we first met actually Marwa who you guys have seen mm-hmm. before on the show from the Boston Food List had introduced us and I know we were supposed to be mingling and socializing but I I just was like, wait, hold on, Abby. I have more questions. I wait, I have one more thing that I want to talk to you about. I probably could have like really expanded my horizons out there, but I was just drawn to you. We had so much to talk about. We're like quality versus quantity yes, in terms exactly. of friendships. I'm like, I got one quality, so yeah. like I'm good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I'm so excited finally that you are here and that we are doing this. I have especially been looking forward to this episode. It is like personal for me, and I know you're so passionate about it. And it's been a topic of conversation with a lot of my girlfriends lately. So I know that there is a lot of interest there, but not necessarily a bunch of guide or, or, or help in terms of like where to find it and who to trust. So now they'll know they have a very valuable, trustworthy resource here today. But before we get into a little bit about your background and the conversation, I like to start with some fun questions, if you don't mind. Hit me with them. Where were you born and raised? Uh, just outside of Boston. Okay, cool. So I was born Newton Wellesley Hospital, um, but grew up in Weston, so like twenty okay. minutes west of the city. Kind of stayed in this in this area. Went to high school, went to college in Pennsylvania, and then came back for grad school. And mm. this is such a hub for medicine and health yes. and all of that. So um, actually started teaching here for oh, seven wow. years. I wrote and taught a wellness curriculum at an all girls middle and high school. So I was a teacher for seven years and ran my private practice on the side. Yeah. And I then, didn't uh, know that. and then like I blinked and now we're here. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I wish I was in that classroom. <laughs> it was very fun. It was hands-on. So it was like, I, I'm a yoga teacher too. So we did like nutrition education. We did yoga. We did like hands-on food prep because half the classroom was a kitchen. Oh my God. It was like a very, it was very, very fun. That sounds amazing. Yes. Those I think I am a middle students. schooler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, how old are you? If you don't mind saying. Not at all. 35. Perfect. And what is your current relationship status? So currently I'm single. Okay. You say it like it's a bad thing. No, Embrace that. No, not at all. More 
I think it's, I think it's a thing of if I had chosen who I was when I was like with, when I was in my twenties, mm. it would be, I was just, I don't even know who I was then. Yeah. And so I think, you know, being single into my mid thirties, I'm like, I know who I am. I know who I'm looking for. I know what I, I know what I want to feel, mm -hmm. I think is most like the boxes, all that stuff. Sure. Fine. Whatever. But more so I've been like, oh wait, it's about how I feel. Yeah. Than anything. And there definitely was like a recent relationship that ended that I'm like, oh, here I am. No. <laughs> <laughs> that brings up, but I'm currently like single. only you asked yeah. a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah, no, no. no, but I, I mean, kind of going back to what you said of, of like quality versus quantity, I think now it's about like finding something that's going to stick and waiting mm -hmm. until we know exactly who we are and what we want rather than trying to do a little bit of everything that might not have really legs, you know, so. I respect that and I appreciate that perspective. Your zodiac sign, if you know. Capricorn. That tracks. Mm -hmm. That yes, tracks very, very much, much so. so. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> and then for fun, my question for you is do you have a favorite midnight snack if you get that hungry late night craving? It's so funny that you say that whenever clients are like, but what do I do for midnight snack? I'm like, what are you doing up at midnight? Yeah. I'm like, go to bed. <laughs> Your okay. circadian rhythm. <laughs> that is just a general term. It doesn't have to be midnight. No, I totally can. But that's can. so funny. That just yeah. goes to show you really are very serious and dedicated to what you do because that's the first response you have. Yeah. You're like, well, no one's up at midnight. <laughs> but real, real answer would be like a collagen hot chocolate is like my like go-to oh. like before bed. A one, cause light on digestion, cause it's like liquid protein. So it's gonna help to like kind of balance blood sugar, not too much protein though. And it's sweet. Cause I'm like definitely like a sweet person. Yeah. yeah. Oh wait, that's a good answer. Mm. I never thought about something liquid, I guess. I <laughs> probably should. It's not a, not a bad idea, but all right. All right. I'm, you're, I'm learning something already. Um, okay. Well you have, I mean, you already started started to get to it, but you've had quite a interesting journey, mm -hmm. always within this space to some extent, mm -hmm. and you've seemingly knew what you wanted to do for a long time, but why don't you tell everybody about how you first got into being a dietitian, nutrition, and then sort of your transition from potentially Western medicine to this functional realm? Yeah. So definitely was always curious about health, even in high school, like chemistry. And then I kind of learned that like, oh, chemistry, nutrition is chemistry, but like in the body yeah. and has to do with food. So in college, I had an exercise physiology background and got as close as I could to nutrition. Um, in college, I was at Gettysburg. They didn't have a nutrition sect. I figured out what a dietitian was like my junior year of college. Oh and I was like, goodness. Eureka, like that's it. I thought at one point I was like, do I want to be a surgeon? And then I sat in on surgeries and was like, surgery is terrifying. And I don't like blood. And I don't think I want to touch people nor cut anyone open. Yeah. So kind of started to figure out like being really curious about how the body works and that idea of like optimal health of like, you know, I struggled a lot with my own health, digestive health, most like most specifically, which is kind of why I do what I do now. But really in college started to realize that like, oh, do I actually feel as well as I could? And it's like, yeah, all right, you're in college. There's a lot of different moving parts to it. So like it's kind of trying to figure out like, what does it feel like to be, what do other people feel like? How do I feel like? How am I eating? And all of those kind of conversations and coming up with that like nutrition is such a daily tool that we can use really kind of going 
into the realization though, that when I was transitioning from like college to grad school started, I remember like very specifically realizing um, when it wasn't normal to not go to the bathroom every day. And even though like I had been told by like providers and everything that it's like, no, that's totally normal, whatever. But then kind of being introduced to the functional medicine world Mm -hmm. and they're like, no, that's not normal. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, I can't even remember like when if that ever changed or if this has always been the way that's yeah. been. But the realization that I'm like, I've been living this way and like the way I feel in my body is like not, it's not great. Yeah. And, but like, was I, you know, sidelined from my life in terms of not going to co- like, you know, not participating in terms of like work and school and like things like that. Like, no, but was I fully participating? Also, no. Mm-hmm. So it was like in this like middle of just like, I was like living but like womp womp living. Womp womp. Yeah, like I know, like, and just feeling yeah. kind of like terrible in my body. So that realization really happened between like college and grad school. And, you know, just to come out and say it, I was like chronically constipated. I had chronic fatigue and like chronic fatigue is exhaustion. It's not just being tired, even though there are a lot of people that are just straight up tired and that's also not acceptable, but like chronic fatigue and kind of realizing like, this is not the way that I want to live my life in that kind of discovery of functional medicine, finally that piece of like, oh my God, these people are talking mm-hmm. that in the way that I understand now that it's a possibility for me to not feel this way. And there are more tools at my disposal than have ever been kind of discussed before. And I was like, I want that. That's the curiosity that I've been looking for and needing in my own life and the tools that I want to bring to, you know, clients in my like future when I'm out of grad school and all of those things. Yeah. I love that. I feel like you just touched on like so many different things that resonate with me. I mean, I remember I, I came from a nursing background originally. I remember being in school and it was, oh, you know, you're not technically constipated until it's been three days and you have nothing to worry about until it's been seven. So like, I never thought there was anything wrong. And I also had this chronic, fatigue. I was constantly feeling bloated and yucky. And I never knew that I had celiac disease until I finally went to my doctor and I was like, there is something like, give me a test, like something, you know, Mm -hmm. and I had to beg for it, which is kind of sad, but it's really like this functional medicine space is always one step ahead in that sense. I feel like rather than just everything having to be black and white. It's really looking at things as a more holistic point of view and figuring out how they all interchange with one another. Because yeah, I mean, we're sort of told it's ingrained in us when we're younger, like, yeah, well, you know, welcome to the real world, honey. It's it's exhausting. It's tiring. You know, that that's just what happens when you're an adult. But it, it gets like to a point where like, this isn't reasonable. This isn't sustainable. There has to be something bigger going on. It's not just because I didn't get enough sleep last night. That Mm -hmm. might make me feel a little tired, a little groggy this morning, but this is bigger than that. And you almost have to like shake people to get them to listen to you. And I also love when it comes to like the food and our diet. I mean, I think very oftentimes when we're feeling bloated or we're not feeling great, we 
say, oh yeah, it's because I ate all that food. Like, or, you know, mm-hmm. I have a pimple because I ate all that food, but we don't really think about how it's affecting our overall health. Mm-hmm. I feel like we chalk it up to like, I gained an extra couple pounds because, you know, Christmas was last week or the Thanksgiving was last week, but you're not really thinking about what am I actually doing on a day to day and realizing it's much bigger and larger than that. So I am really excited that you had that forward thinking from such a young age. You were it's like before this whole trend really came to be um, <laughs> Feels that way. you had yeah. that re- that you know what I mean like you really knew early on now it's becoming such a fad I feel like people are talking about it more and more but I'm so glad because we shouldn't have to get to a point where we're about to like pull our hair out before this is the path that we decide to take it always feels like a last ditch effort or like this last resort you know and it should be something that's introduced to us a lot early as an option and an avenue to take not you have to exhaust all of these options first here with traditional medicine you know before you can try this why can't you start here do you find that most of your patients are coming to you with this being their first time seeing anyone in functional medicine or have they had some familiarity with it it's now it's interesting that it's a little like 50 50 a couple years ago it was definitely like I was the first out of the box like witch doctor that someone was going to (laughs) come to and I'm like I like wear that title with pride I'm like I am a witch but now it feels like there are like some that will kind of work with other providers and maybe they weren't good fits. Mm -hmm. And um, some, you know, had not great relationships with providers. Some just kind of were like, you know, I got to the end of that relationship and like, here I am. So it's a little bit more of like 50-50 now, I would say, or maybe like 70-40, something like that. But I think what's been interesting in terms of even my own like trajectory through it, of really like my own view as a provider of, so much even when we were talking about kind of nutrition as the, as that, you know, mm-hmm. when people are like, oh, it's because I ate this or because I ate that, that idea of like, we first go to like, what am I going to stop doing? What am I going to remove? What am I going to take out? When more of like functional medicine, the true, like true practice of functional medicine is like lifestyle medicine. And it's like, mm-hmm. what am I going to invite in? How am I going to maybe shift to like better align myself with the way that my body is like set up to work like from like you know evolution type of like working and that piece of like ah doesn't it feel so much nicer to just be like oh I can invite something in and maybe like I crowd some stuff out a little bit but Mm -hmm. like that doesn't mean it has to be like zero black white like those types of pieces and I think just even for my own health the more that I kind of stepped into that because I definitely started from a black and white place when I was like Mm -hmm. grad school kind of like elimination diets and these things and like they didn't they didn't heal me. I'm here to say it. And I don't, don't practice extreme elimination diets because they're, they're not healing tools and they really just disrupt our relationship with food. That's so important to say. And I really love that positive spin on it. It just seems a little bit more approachable too, right? You know what I mean? I think that's the thing. People don't do this because it feels like it's going to be so hard or it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of work. It's going to require so much of me. And that like, idea of eliminating, canceling out, removing has this negative connotation to it. We're inviting something in, as you put it, really makes this this positive spin. So 
I love that mindset and I appreciate that. I also love that you said you are welcome to be called, you know, the witchy. Yes. And because I was going to ask you about that, it this I think a lot of people do feel like this side of things is a little woo-woo um, to some extent. And what is your typical response to that when people maybe are a little cynical or unsure of this avenue of healthcare? Yeah, I think kind of initially it would be, you know, take baby steps. You know, we always want to work from a place of strength. And if there's certainly if a client comes in and I like kind of feel out like, where are they at? Yeah. And like, what are they like open to? What are they like little stitches about? And you're kind of like, all right, let me work like with them. We never want to be like, let's cannonball into the deep end. Yeah. And the person's like, I never want to go back to that person. They are <laughs> terrifying or like way too woo woo for me yeah. or whatever. Sometimes I do get clients that are like, I am ready to cannonball and like, let's go like, you know, both feet into the woo. And I'm like, yes, I'm here. <laughs> because I do think, as we've really talked about, like there's such a relationship between our mm -hmm. physical healing and our emotional yes. healing. I did not start there as a provider at all. And I think, you know, that was part of like my own healing was to realize that like some of my chronic constipation from an energetic standpoint was me like holding on yeah. to like old emotions. And I actually, part of my story in terms of how I unraveled my own health was mold toxicity. And like the energetics of mold toxicity are literally old emotions that need to be really? like processed in the body. And like I was, you know, having just family history and kind of alcoholism and divorce and like all this stuff and just like trying to like masculine muscle through it of like yeah. I'm behind the Capricorn, like stubborn, all of that stuff. And it was like so much of the healing was kind of very much physical, yes, but then also the emotional, I think, was what like kind of really took it over the to the, you know, I don't want to call it the finish line because it's always like maintenance and a journey and all of those things, right. but really to the place that I would say I am today. So that is like so much of what I do want to invite in to experiences with clients, but many of them come like in the physical world. Right. And then we kind of like slowly bring them into like the kind of emotional world. And I think a lot are surprised at like how overlapping that like Venn diagram becomes mm -hmm. when they really start to like allow themselves to explore that. And, you know, am I a therapist? Absolutely not. But more of just the opportunity to kind of get curious and soften a little bit. And, and I think there's some and like an empowerment in that idea that like, yeah. oh, like I actually have like more power over my physical body through my like consciousness than I've ever allowed myself like a Joe Dispenza type of approach which like is another tool in your toolkit and like that's pretty cool it's also oh, absolutely. yeah mm -hmm. absolutely I do want to talk about that a little bit later I have a couple questions before cool. we fully uncover that but we sort of have this concept for you guys today that we want to talk about a little bit kind of like the duality of of our health but also this time in our lives in our 30s so we'll put a little pin in that for right Love this it. second but I think we should backtrack just for a moment if this is something that's totally new for anyone listening, I'd love to sort of best we can simplify the biggest differences between what traditional Western medicine is versus functional medicine. So for somebody coming to you who has not heard of this before, and this is completely new to them, they're like, okay, what is this all about? How would you break down those differences if you could? Yeah, I would say 
especially where I'm at today as a provider, like when you come into the world of functional medicine, it really should be lifestyle medicine, meaning the provider that you're working with should be asking you, what are you eating? How are you sleeping? What does your energy feel like? Are you drinking water? Like what, like they, they should be knowing about you and your routines and the, the timings that your routines happen at and the, the way you fuel yourself, how you exercise, like those are the most important foundations. So that's a little bit where, and, and we talk about this so much on, on the podcast of, I do see this breaking now in the functional medicine world of this very like protocol supplement driven. And I use supplements in my practice. And we were certainly having yeah. a conversation of supplements before that, like, it, you know, and there can be a couple like handfuls at a time, but yeah. we try to not do that and really, but it's like, so that, but sometimes it's just that. And if you're working, if you find yourself in the functional medicine field and someone's just throwing protocols and supplements at you and they haven't asked you and supported you in the nutrition and lifestyle, that's where it's kind of like, this is no longer lifestyle medicine. This is just conventional medicine from like medications to supplements. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, so really it's like getting, and so anyone that's curious about this is to like, you could start doing some functional medicine tools in your own daily life of thinking about like, okay, like what, you know, am I eating nourishing food? Right. And then am I eating nourishing food in a form of meals three times a day or, <laughs> it, you know, more than just like once a day or more than just like handful here, here, here of things? Am I listening to my body? Mm-hmm. Like, do I even know how I feel? Am I looking at the the ways that we, our body can interact with us? Like sometimes what I'll tell a client, like, all right, like I'm going to ask you all the TMI questions. Like, what is your like poop look like? Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, what? You've like, never looked? No, literally. I'm like, it's a six vital sign. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so much of it. And it's like, what's your, you know, for my female clients, like what's your period? Yeah. Like, is there PMS? Does it come regularly? Like that's a, you know, six, seven, eighth vital sign of all of these things to say like our energy and our sleep quality and like starting to just take a little bit of a, an understanding of your own body to say like where, how are those and how do they feel for you? And so that's a little bit of the divide even, you know, amongst the functional medicine field, but conventional medicine seems there's just not enough time for that. And it's, and you know, it's, we could go on and on about, you know, some of the shortcomings of the conventional medicine field, but it's there for a reason and it's life-saving and, you know, thank God for it. But when the wellness piece of it, for those of us that are feeling like womp womp, but we're walking around Mm -hmm. participating in our life, like that's where conventional medicine, like we're not sick enough for conventional medicine. So if you find yourself in that like womp womp middle of the road, or even just curious, is this as good as it gets? Or if somebody ever tells you that's just aging, like, first of all, run the other way from that person. Like, you do yes. not have fatigue and weight gain in your 30s and 40s just because of age. Um, Say that louder. I mean, literally for the people in the back. Right? But more of that, like, how do we work with our lifestyle and our nutrition? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how do supplements complement that if we're willing to, like, and open to exploring those, like, those tools that we do every day? That's, yeah. like, what true functional medicine is. Yeah. I, in my experience, I feel like it's also just like the, to your point, the level of curation, individualism, like, you know, when I think of Western traditional medicine, I think of, you know, you get these, your lab results back and Mm -hmm. the ranges are quite large a lot of times. And as long as you fall somewhere within that window, you're good. There's nothing to look into any further where 
in functional medicine, they still very much want to look at my labs. It's not like there's no, you know, quote unquote, I say like legitimate science to it. It's not just about taking walks and eating salads. Like that's not what she's like trying to say. They do look at that stuff too, but it was like, okay, well you're on the lower end Mm -hmm. of this range, right? And yes, it might be within normal limits for your age, for your weight, for your height, for what you do for work literally like where what it boils down to for your exercise for how often you exercise that frequency like I'd love to have you a little bit higher you know Mm -hmm. and it's so it's taking it I think just that step further to what makes it work well for you Mm -hmm. not just what a textbook considers or deems to be okay or appropriate and there's something that's really I think powerful about that and encouraging about that as well right? Like, because how many times do you go to the doctor and they say, oh, you're fine, but you still walk away feeling crappy, right? You don't feel fine. So when you have that level of attention to to detail, there's something that makes you kind of take that sigh of relief. Like, I think I might be able to make progress here. I think I might be able to see some answers. It's just really, really, really refreshing, honestly. Yeah. The functional medicine tools are amazing. So those kind of what you're talking about is like the functional testing. We can kind of put a big umbrella over it. And that's really where we're able to like look deeper at the health of the body in ways that conventional medicine doesn't really look at. And that's more comprehensive stool testing. Mm -hmm. And so conventional medicine will do some stool testing, but it's like we get a half a dozen markers back of some like big bad parasites and parasites are very hard to test for. They're stealth infections for a reason. So, you know, it's good that we test for those at least in conventional medicine, but they're not really going to tell you if someone has intestinal permeability that like AKA leaky gut, or if they have gluten sensitivity. So maybe they're not celiac, but they mm-hmm. have some, you know, inflammation from gluten or if they have multitudes of things. So for instance, again, a stool test in the functional medicine is like 130 markers that tell us everything about your digestive capacity to your inflammation, to your immune function, to all of these things that are all actionable tools that we can then create both the nutrition, the lifestyle and the supplements to say like, hey, how do we get you from, you know, if you're actively struggling with symptoms. So like in my practice, I get a lot of like constipation clients, like loose stool clients, people acid reflux or, you know, people that are just like, I'm bloated or distended, or I just don't feel good. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they struggle with fatigue. They struggle with skin conditions. They struggle with sleep issues. Those are kind of the superfluous parts of it. And it's so that, so a stool test we're using, we want to look at the adrenals. So that's like your cortisol. We want to take a look at your hormones. We're talking about your sex hormones, but also your thyroid hormones and really understand like, are they in the markers that we want them to be? I think thyroid is a great example of what you were saying. Yes. Which, you know, when we look at, so for instance, like a thyroid, when conventional medicine looks at it, they look at a TSH marker. So they look at the brain's conversation with the thyroid. So that's like up here Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's a helpful marker, but if that's good, they're like, all right, we're not going to look at anything else. And you're like, wait, hold on. But how's the thyroid communicating with the body? Like we only looked at like this half and the, the, the reference range for that, that TSH is from a zero to 10 scale. And Conventional medicine will often say it's normal if it's under a five. Some providers, if it's under like a four or a three, 
in functional medicine, if someone is in the two range and they're experiencing symptoms, like for a low thyroid, it's like constipation and dry skin and your hair is falling out, you're losing a third of your eyebrows, your weight loss resistance or weight gain, low energy. Like we'd be like, some those are thyroid symptoms. Yeah. Like you're cold, your butt is cold in particular. It's a funny thyroid thing. Like you're just like cold all around. Yeah. Um, but we'd be like, all right, so this TSH is like a 2.5. So, you know, that's not sounding off many alarms, but it's enough for us to think about, all right, so that's the brain yelling at the thyroid as that number gets up. So if that number gets to a three, a four, a five, a 10, the brain's like thyroid, like do your job. Like, why are you not doing your job? But in functional medicine, we don't want to wait until the thyroid's like jumping out of your neck right. and running down the street, screaming bloody murder. We want to like get in there to be like, can we calm it down? Like what's going on? Right. So then we look at five more, you know, we could look at more, but there's like generally like five additional markers that I'll tell us about the conversation from the thyroid, which I keep pointing here because this is where your thyroid is in the front of your neck, to your body. Mm. To say like, all right, how is it communicating with the gut and the energy in your cells and the motility, the the speed of everything in your body, the speed of your hair growth, the speed of the hydration of your skin, the speed of motility in your gut, the speed of your energy production. And that's where then we get to use the tools. We get to use nutrition. We get to use lifestyle. We get to use supplements to like gracefully help you and your thyroid and your whole body like kind of move. But we also want to say like, oh, well, what's your cortisol doing? Right. Because if your cortisol's off the charts, your thyroid's like, we're running from a bear and <laughs> like, you know, digestion's not that important right now. So mm -hmm. if you're constipated, like whatever, we're going to climb up in this tree and hide from this bear. So it makes sense when we start to put all the pieces together and we start to then paint this picture of like, What's going on with this person? And then we start to look at, all right, well, what's their work life? How's their sleep? How is their nutrition? Are they under eating? Because then their mm -hmm. thyroid's like, there's not enough fuel coming in. We must be, there must be a famine. Right. So it starts to make sense when we have the information as opposed to like thyroid medication, see you in six months. Yeah, I think the other side is very quick to just wanna push pills, give you mm -hmm. medication, fix it, rather than thinking, is there maybe a less intense or less harsh route for the body that we can take to just help correct this, you know? But I am curious, while we're sort of on the topic, thyroid was definitely something I was thinking of, but I'm curious for you, are there a certain set of labs that mm -hmm. you recommend women in our 30s get or that you like to see and check that maybe aren't on your standard annual lab work, you know? Yeah, I think from, let's say the first ones that I would say are like, you're in conventional medicine and you're like, listen, can I just have a conversation with my PCP, yeah. my like primary care? Like, what could they help me to do? I would want to see kind of your like comprehensive blood panel. So we're kind of yeah. seeing like a metabolic panel. We want to be looking at like, what's your blood glu glucose, your hemoglobin A1C. And then an additional marker that's not often run is a fasting insulin so that's gonna tell us about blood sugar and particular about the hormone that lets blood sugar into your cells, that's insulin. Mm -hmm. So that's really where like any type of blood sugar issues, that's where they first start. And we want that to be like on average, like a six to an eight. The okay. reference range for that goes, I think it's like up to like a 27 or oh, something. Wow. So we can see like, wow, there's a lot of dysfunction that can happen in that reference range when we know where we want it to be. So that's like a first inkling of anyone that might be. So anyone with like hormone issues, like PCOS in particular, there's often a metabolic like blood sugar mm -hmm. piece to it. So any of my ladies in, and men, you know, that's definitely a marker we want to look. Is there any like simmering metabolic stuff going on? So that's like kind of your blood sugar panel. Now, 
sometimes these conversations with providers, you ask for a fasting insulin and they're like, that's no, like that's, that's not a test that we're going to run. And you're sitting there like, this is really uncomfortable. And yeah. like, am I, can I argue with them? Do I know what I'm talking about? So that's a little bit where I question, like, is that a really supportive provider for you? And maybe it's just a conversation of like, do you start to then interview some other providers that are more open mm -hmm. to under, to like even asking like, well, why are you interested in that marker? What would right. that tell you that you're curious about? And then a full thyroid panel. So I'll run through them if any, like, Get a pen if anyone wants yeah, to write these down. Get your yeah, no, notebooks out. Like totally. Like it's, you didn't know you were coming to class today. <laughs> um, but it's a TSH, so that's that brain to thyroid mm -hmm. is like that first one that many of us might have, and we're looking for like we want anywhere like below a two point five is typically functional medicine. Then we want to see how's the thyroid communicating with the body. So that's a couple markers. We got free T4 as our inactive hormone. We got free T3. That's our active hormone. And then we want to look at the antibodies. So that's TPO and TG to see is there any autoimmune pieces of this. Those would be, I guess those are like the bare, those are not certainly the bare bones to call them that. Those That would be a really nice thyroid panel. There are more we can add on to that. But if you're just going to your PCP, like that's a good, yeah. good information right there. Yeah. I, when I first started this journey for myself, I remember going to my PCP and I was like, do I, is it okay if I ask for a couple, you know, additional tests in my labs? And she sort of looked at me sideways a little bit. And I had told her, you know, I was starting to explore this and thought it would just be helpful. And she was just so sweet and like actually went through with me and was like, okay, what do you want me to check off on this thing? You know, which yeah. is like great, obviously. It's a little disappointing when you find out that then, you know, insurance doesn't cover certain things, which just seems a little ridiculous. But when I was going through this, the it's so funny how many times to me she had in the past mentioned my thyroid because I've talked about this on the show before, but like my weights like sort of fluctuated, especially mm -hmm. since I've had celiac. Like I noticed like times where I like have maybe eaten celiac when I shouldn't have and I'll notice it affects my weight. But like I've been, you know, trying to do more and more to, to be good and, and to listen to my body. And so I had lost some weight and she would ask me about my thyroid all the time. And then, you know, she would do the TSH and it would come back normal and she'd be like, oh yeah, I guess you're fine. And truth be told, like I am fine, of course, mm -hmm. but for somebody that was so curious about my thyroid, never had looked into any of those other markers, which is just like, that does that seems counterintuitive to me. You're curious about this, you're concerned about this, but there was these other tests underneath it that you could have looked into. And if there was a problem, maybe would have helped, you know, get to the solution, right? But you didn't. And that's just one of those like main differences. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the hormone stuff too, I do wanna ask you because I know a lot of women are on birth control mm -hmm. and that will impact whether or not they can really get a fair assessment with their hormones, right? I know when I first started having these conversations, she had said to me, you need to be off of your birth control for a couple months before we can even really do that because right now it's gonna look like you're on menopause and I'm not gonna be able to get a fair assessment yeah. of what your hormones are doing and then it needs to take time to sort of regulate. So mm -hmm. if someone is on a hormone birth control and they're planning on getting off to kind of start looking into this what's that window of time that they need before they can really get some accurate reads on these tests yeah so typically i would want to see like like three months or longer to, okay. to say like all right we've got because that's really three months is kind of like when we're getting those like kind of hormones like full expression yeah um 
And really that like part of that is like, if you're also going to explore kind of taking yourself off of birth control, like there's a lot that you can do to support yourself to do that more gracefully. And I think if you're, even if you're on birth control, I would say the first place that we want to start for hormones is actually looking at your adrenals. So those are the organs that sit on top of your kidneys and your low back that are like our stress organs. We could kind of, you know, they have, they have much greater roles in the body than just that. But like we could call them just our stress organs, produce cortisol. Cortisol is a master hormone. Mm. So, you know, he's the puppeteer that's going to kind of play everybody under him. And if he's out of whack, that's often where we can see dysregulation in some of our other kind of hormones, be it birth control or not. So it's kind of like if you're someone that's listening to this and you're like, oh my God, like that's such a big thing that I would have to do to like help my hormones. It's like, what could I start doing right now? Right. And then like maybe toe in the water, like from the shallow end, walk on in. It's like, all right, we can look at your cortisol. That's typically a urine or saliva test. Um, there's a company called Dutch that's kind of the, the you know, and greatest in uh, functional medicine world for like looking at hormones. And they're, you know, who you can, that you can actually get urine tests for both your adrenals as well as your kind of comprehensive hormone panels. But thinking of too, like, I think part of this conversation is really like our informed consent about birth control, yeah, which for many of us didn't happen. Nope. And it's crazy. That fundamentally is, is a big divide between conventional medicine and functional medicine is like, mm. we just want to know, like, what's happening in our body and like, what are we doing to our body and what's being done to our body? And the biggest question of, you know, why were you put, especially if you are at a young age, like why did you put yourself on birth control or why were you put on birth control? Was it for your skin? Cause that's, you know, there are many other ways for us to support that. Was it for even like, was it for like raging PMS or was it for like, there are solutions that, or, you know, lifestyle, nutrition, and even some person mm -hmm. like targeted supplements that can really help to, for you to actually reclaim your body and have a cycle that feels really supportive. Yeah. I mean, so many of us started birth control at a young age and yeah, some was, you know, I mean, obviously for the, the intended purpose, right. If we're mm -hmm. starting to be sexually active, but we did it without really being educated on the, impacts long-term mm -hmm. it can have on our bodies, you know, and some of us did do it for, for our skin, for acne or for our symptoms, but we weren't really told, okay, well, you're just masking the issue. You know, when you decide to come off of this one day, or if you decide to come off of this one day, those things are going to pop back up. Like you're not, you're, you're putting a bandaid on something rather than actually trying to fix it. And it's, it's something that we didn't really realize okay, well, how is this going to kind of come back to haunt me or, or kick me, you know, in the behind later? Yeah. And it's, I wish we did better about having those conversations because now I know like myself, it's like, gosh, okay, well now I'm backtracking for all these years that I was on it and I need to now fix like, or undo some of the things that I've done. Right. Which maybe could have been resolved a lot sooner had I tried a couple different options first, you know, that wouldn't have such long-term effects on me. Yeah. You know? And I even think too, of like fundamentally, like having a provider talk to you about like the fertility awareness method, like yeah. just the natural, like tracking of your cycles. Like, I feel like there's a lot of, I mean, when you're a teen, it's very normal to have like a regular cycle. So like that can feel a little like wonky, but it's like the solution is not like mask it and just shut down. Right. your. Cause then we're also like, we're not producing 
our protective hormone progesterone, which is what decreases risk of like cancers, hormone cancers, and is the, you know, helps to balance our estrogen. So it's like, we are actually like really putting ourselves at in a, in a not great place when we like shut down ovulation and we shut down the production of, of a hormone that we really need. And I think it's a lot because it's this like assumption that like, you know, Oh, like fertility awareness, like that tracking of your cycles is like, you're not responsible enough to do that. Like you're not responsible enough to like learn about your body. And I, I wonder of like, is it really that this person doesn't feel confident to help to you to do that, to explain this to you, you know, to, cause there's so much that we can look at and kind of the curiosity of like, why is this happening in my body? If I'm mm-hmm. experiencing these like, you know, challenging symptoms there, there is leading with curiosity, I think is like the most important characteristic of a provider right. and just, you know, us as humans in our own health of like responding to our bodies more with like, huh, interesting as opposed to, I mean, I have to practice this in my own body when I'm like, you know, especially when I was in the thick of it, that I'd be like, God, like wanting to yell at my body. Oh yeah. And like being like, you're like, why are you doing this to me still? Like I'm doing so much to support you. Like, come on, we're still here. And like, then kind of, instead of like shifting to that, like, huh, like, okay, body, like I hear you, like I got you. Let me Mm -hmm. like, also. We always think our body is, is working against us. Yeah. Rather than thinking, what am I doing that might be upsetting my body, right? Like, it's always like, oh, why are you failing me now? Like, you know what I mean? Why do I have, to your point, like when I'm traveling and I'm constipated, like, come on, you're making me feel bloated when I'm on vacation. Why are you doing this to me? Like, oh, you know, like all these little things. And really it's our bodies response to things that maybe we're doing to it and trying to tell us we need to correct some of these things you need to get our butts in gear a little bit and it's it's not our body is not trying to be our enemy or this big bully right they're trying to they want the same thing that we want (laughs) yeah truly oh yeah your body's like please i've been trying to ask for this like you're not listening to the signs and most of the time particularly for women we are I don't want this to come off wrong, but it's like, we are more sensitive to stressors just by like the way that we're put together. And, but I don't want that to to anyone to receive that and be like, oh yeah, I'm a woman. I'm delicate. Like that is not, we are so powerful, but we do have an infradian rhythm. We have a cycle to our hormones. So I'm I'm like drawing it out like (laughs) uh, throughout the month and where we are in that month will change like our ability to respond to stressors. And when we kind of expand that idea of stressors, it comes into like, are you eating enough? Mm. Are you over exercising or have very stressful exercise, like hit trainings and spin classes and things maybe in times of your cycle that we actually need to be doing more like slower walking and Pilates and like caring and nurturing and nourishing our bodies. That is most often many of my female clients that come to me are conversations mm-hmm. of like, because it's like, for those of us that are like, I'm doing it all right. I'm doing it all is usually like, I'm eating like the 15 to 1800 calories that I was told by like us weekly that I was supposed to, or like Cosmo, <laughs> Cosmo or whatever it is. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. And I'm killing myself at the gym and I'm killing myself at work and like burning the candle at both ends. And you know, it's like, and I'm doing all of these things I'm doing, doing, doing instead of like being. And it's, I mean, from having done all of that myself, I speak from that, like, but that is like so much of where it's, it's hard though to then Mm -hmm. say like, okay, like I'm going to, I mean, I think one of my biggest personal like struggles was like actually eating as much as my body needed 
because I had, and stopping like spin. I'd go to like a 5.30 a.m. spin class when I was in grad school and teaching. And I was like so proud of myself because I'd be like, oh, I did. And then I would like take a two hour nap like later that day. <laughs> like, so, but it was the idea that like, am I gonna just like gain so much weight and right. like lose, you know, it's like we've been told, I think our generation in particular, I, I think some of the younger generations are starting to like kind of like be hip to more of this conversation. And, mm -hmm. and that's, you know, my hope. But I think we are so ingrained with this, like eat less, exercise more and yeah. be like fearful of like any sort of weight on our bodies or so fit the image or don't. Oh yeah. Type of thing. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, when I was younger, I always thought, oh, I have to do cardio and it doesn't count unless I'm sweating through my shirt. And like now I do a lot more strength training with weights and I don't always sweat. Sometimes like I start to feel sore, right? You feel the burn a little bit, but you're not like out of breath. And I, my workout was still just as valuable and maybe even more so, right? Because I'm not overworking my body. I'm just trying, like, you know, it's that strengthening element. But we were we were very much told that, that that's the only way you're gonna lose weight. You know, if you mm -hmm. do, you're only gonna shed if you're just on the treadmill for two hours a day. And if you do those high intensity and those high intensity workouts are great. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with cardio, but like there's that balance mm -hmm. and both, both are valuable, but I'm curious. I want to shift a little bit like to the diet portion mm -hmm. too. Um, before I ask you those pointed questions, just while we were talking about labs and stuff, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned stool test. I had told them the audience a while ago that I did a stool test and it mm -hmm. was a little horrifying, but I'm very glad that I did it. And it was very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, but I also at the time had done a food sensitivity test and I, you know, it breaks it down to the IgE, IgA, IgG. So things that, you know, you're actually allergic to mm -hmm. versus maybe sensitive to the IgE. IGA was the celiac, of course, and like yep. that autoimmune response. But I'm curious, um, where do you stand on food sensitivities and allergies? I mean, I know that they're different and I mm -hmm. want people to understand that too, but also you were talking about those like major elimination diets that people kind of go through. Like how did that, how does that mentality sort of correlate to something like this too? Yeah, I don't start with food sensitivities and I do not recommend anyone to start there. So if someone is, you know, looking, listening, sitting at home, being like, all right, like I have gut symptoms or I have XYZ symptoms and it's like food sensitivities are gonna solve all my problems. Those are going to be band-aids mm -hmm. because it's like the question we need to be asking is like, where are those sensitivities coming from? And, and there may be food sensitivities, but food sensitivities are a dysfunction of the immune system or a, a weakening of the immune system. And that's where, you know, we wanna kind of, get curious to say like, where is that immune system being challenged by? And in the case of celiac, it's challenged by the gluten protein. So, and that's, you know, in the autoimmune realm. So a little different, the like IgE is like a true, like allergy. That's yeah. like, you are allergic to like pollen. You are allergic to like walnuts. You are allergic to peanuts. Like that's okay. Like let's not futz with those or mess with those. Cause those are, you know, we could get anaphylaxis if we're, um, you know, so destined for those. Um, the like, kind of the IgGs are more of this like cellular um, sensitivity that we can have. And it's, it's, it's confusing to people because you can have a response anywhere from, you know, time of eating it to 72 hours later. But when we think about like the gut is the barrier, the boundary to the body that separates our gut, melts to anus, hole that travels through yeah. the body. If we think about ourselves as a donut, 
the gut is the <laughs> hole in the donut. Yep. And then the frosted part of the donut is like our blood and our liver and our like immune system and like our, you know, what we would think about like as like our systemic body. Mm-hmm. And when we have uh, even just fundamentally, when we have like permeability or leaky gut to the donut, the hole in the donut to that allows like that's essentially breaking down our barrier. So that's allowing for our immune system from the frosted part of the donut to be overly involved in the chaos of the gut. And the gut's always a chaotic organ. So actually, if that person was to run a food food sensitivity test, it'd come back most likely like bleeding red Mm. or most of the foods that they eat frequently would come up and they'd be like, but those were my favorite foods. Oh my God, I eat those all the time. Like, what do you mean? That's what happened to me. I was like, I couldn't have black pepper. I couldn't have pineapple. I couldn't have all these tomatoes. I'm like, but these oats, like the Mm -hmm. most, the most common things in my diet, like in the most basic level, were all like, oh, you have a food sensitivity too. I'm like, that cannot be right. That cannot be right. And, And it's very overwhelming when not only just trying to like, okay, watching what I purchase and what I'm buying at home and making meals, then go, I can never eat out. Like Mm -hmm. black pepper, how do I avoid that? I mean, it's scary. It's Mm -hmm. for a lot of people when you receive those results. And I know that there are sort of different takes on how seriously we should receive those results and maybe implement any changes. So I'm glad to hear you say that because I think for a lot of people, it's like, all right, you know what? I'm, I opened up this can of worms and now I wish I didn't. And I'm just going to slowly back away rather than being able to kind of like feel empowered to attack it head on mm-hmm. um, because it's just, it almost seems impossible. Yeah. And I think that's like where when we, we always want to be curious and ask the question why. So it's like when you got that back, it's kind of like, wow. All right. So if, if all of these foods are coming up, like why is there so much inflammation? Why is my immune system over responding to these foods? Like why? Because we can take those foods out. And yes, you probably will have a period of time that you might feel relief. Mm. And, and we see that. But often as the months go by, your immune system's like, ooh, now the new foods you're eating are gonna be culprits because we didn't, like, it's like you're walking around with a tack stuck in your foot. And it's like, oh, we're gonna put a Band-Aid around it or we're gonna wear a different pair of shoes or we're gonna like, we're gonna dress it up so that it doesn't hurt as much, but it, the tack is still stuck in the bottom of I our foot. I love the analogy. Like, that oh, was like, great. Again, smiling. Like, <laughs> my days as a teacher. Or just like the way my brain works. Yeah, we got the donut, I, the yeah. tack in the foot. Sometimes this I jump good. analogies and like metaphors. My guys are, wait, I thought we were at a roller coaster. I was like, now we're at a Okay, so let's talk diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a hard to, I'm, I'm sure you might have different recommendations in terms of total, you know, calories or what people should be eating based on the individual, but general rule of thumb when it comes to our diet and mm-hmm. how to be responsible about it. Do you have any sort of blanket statements that you feel are like comfortable being able to say would apply to most in terms of either what we're eating or how often we're eating? Yeah, I think fundamentally like eat eat whole foods, mm-hmm. real foods that when we think about like, could you trip over them in a field? So it's like, you're walking through a field and it's like, oh, there's, you know, a, a cow or a chicken or like an almond or even like an oat, you know, it's like, they look yeah. a little different, obvious from the way that they're in the field, but we try to eat as close to that as possible okay. for 80%. So I, I'm a big like 80, 20, kind of like 80% of the foods you eat should be like real whole food, formed foods that are ingredients. 
And, you know, yeah, you could buy like a can of, of soup or like a box of like a bone broth soup or something like love me some of the like kettle and fire brands yes. or things like that. Yeah. Um, and those, you know, we want to look at the ingredient list of that. That's the first thing that I'll look at. And we want to see like ingredients. We don't want to see like, you know, whole package, like chemical compounds, things that you're like, could I draw a picture of this? And if the answer is no, put it back and find a different brand. So it's like, mm. are you eating real whole foods? 80% of the time and the 20%, that's joy. So like whatever you want to fill your joy with, mine would be like cookies and like yeah. probably like cocktails, <laughs> like the two C's. I, cookies but, and cocktails, I, totally. I can get down with that. <laughs> I like that a lot. But it's like someone else's 20% might be like a crisp apple mm -hmm. or like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be like in the like, you know, whatever food, I don't even want to say like junk food of sorts, but it, you like fill whatever with you want. So that's like foundationally from a caloric perspective, or I guess I'll start with like frequency of eating, mm -hmm. particularly to women. Again, men can kind of push this a little bit more, but like we want to be eating breakfast. We want to be eating in alignment with our circadian rhythm. So circadian rhythm is essentially our, our body's 24 hour alignment with our light and dark cycles. And it is what Matt, what is the number one controller of our hormones. So that's not only we want to live our day like that of having morning light exposure, mid-afternoon light exposure, and then evening protection from light. Um, but we also want to be eating the majority of our calories like during that daylight time when our body is actually asking for energy. So like breakfast within one to two hours of waking is like okay. so I like will scream that from the rooftops. My podcast co-host Jillian will literally yell that like she's gonna like up there like whatever the higher level of screaming is is like she's doing that <laughs> fair and do you think that for people that I know I've talked about it I think before and I know a bunch of people that I talk to also feel the same way like experiencing this you know insomnia I think COVID sort of changed a lot of things for people when we don't leave our houses every day and have that normal schedule mm -hmm. you know if you're working from home or um things like just feeling a little bit more anxious or depressed. Do you think that starting to try to just like double check with our circadian rhythm and if that's on track can be a really great first step into remedy remedying some of those things? It is so powerful. It like I'm I'm really thinking it's going to, it's getting its time in the sun. It's going to continue. I think I live in a bubble in terms of the information that I like, yeah. you know, take in, but it is like, it's like, it's in that bubble that I'm in at least. So I think it's like going to start to disseminate out, but absolutely, because that is what helps to actually regulate our cortisol, which is our stress hormone. Mm -hmm. And we want a very specific pattern of cortisol, which then regulates our hormones, like our sex hormones and even our thyroid hormones. It regulates inflammation in the body. It regulates the sensitivity of whether we're responding to our hormones. It, it causes a bowel movement in the morning or it helps to kick off the like communications to a bowel movement, like so much of that. And it also helps with like our appetite and our sleep patterns at night. Like if you want to improve your sleep, get light first thing in the morning within an hour of waking, 10 minutes. 20 minutes if it's raining and like a cloudy day. Good to know. Yep. All right. I guess I got to poke my head outside a little bit more, not just turn over and turn my laptop on. <laughs> That's totally because you know we are like mean? inundated yeah. with light and that piece of like getting outside, even in the winter. I mean, Boston, like it's cold, but like yes. it can feel like invigorating to do it and to really know that like it is medicine, arguably more powerful than so many of the tools that we actually like talk about in the medicine world. Yeah. Okay. That's very, very helpful. Mm -hmm. 
I want to take a quick moment to kind of just talk about Above Health and, and in your business. So where does the name, like what does Above Health mean to you? How do you stumble upon that name for your company? Yeah, I always liked the idea of, again, kind of feeling like I was like womp womp, but I like wasn't, I would go to the doctor, but you're the pinnacle of health. Like yeah. look at your cholesterol and look at whatever. And I was like, but I'm not pooping. And like, I'm bloated <laughs> and I'm like holding on to weight. And like, I'm the healthiest person that anyone in my family knows and my friends, like, why don't I look and feel that way? Like what the F and feeling like, okay, if this is health, if I'm health, then I want to be like the penthouse of it. I like, and I'm like a little bougie slash a lot bougie if you ask of it. Like I like all the like luxury and fun and like things in that. And so I was like, I want my, I want my health to be luxurious. I love that. So it's like, it's like above health, like shiny. Yeah. But that idea of like, we deserve to like, if we're at a place that we don't feel vibrant, like we can mm -hmm. find vibrancy. And that's really what I want to help my clients. And I, you know, I get clients, I have like a section of like optimizing clients. Um, a lot of them are men that will come being like, I feel pretty good, but I think I could feel better. And, and <laughs> like it's this so competition with themselves, literally just to like keep going and going. And it always fascinated me that like, I would get men that would like invest in themselves who like, and their labs, I'd be like, your labs actually look really good. But like, I mean, I'm love looking at labs and like such a data nerd, like I'll go through them with a fine tooth comb. And I like will say like, but we could do this and this and yeah. like, you know, give them that roadmap. But my female clients would come in when they're like on the brink of like self combusting. And I'm like, why are these men able to, to, you know, stroll in my door when they're like, I feel good, but can I feel amazing? And we are just accepting that it's like, I feel like total junk. And I felt like a little less junk for the past like 10 years, but now I literally can't even function anymore. And I'm finally investing in my health. And that is the difference that I see so frequently between the men clients that walk in my door and the female clients that walk in my door that like we will wait until we are like a fragment of who we are. Wow. That is so interesting. I can't say I'm 100% surprised. No. But it when you say it, 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 it is still like, it hits mm -hmm. in this way where you're kind of, it's sad, but yet I also feel like I understand, you know what I mean? As a woman, I know what that's like. We just, we were just always kind of told to like power through, mm -hmm. power through. And I, it, like, I feel bad. It hurts to think about that feeling of desperation that they must be undergoing when they finally come to that point where they're like, okay, I need to do something about this. Um, what is sort of the process of, of steps when someone first comes to you in terms of what you can offer for services and how your relationship with your clients work? Yep. So I have kind of two, two offers, I suppose. Um, one is like my private practice, like one-on-one -on -one consultations. And that's really where we kind of initially we'll partner for six months, um, just kind of putting our heads down and focusing on this person for six months. We have kind of continuation programs for, um, you know, beyond that. And mm -hmm. I, I do say, you know, we're, we're probably not going to solve everything in six months, but we're going to make massive progress and massive impact. And that's really where that kind of initial, I like to call our initial session, which is a 90 minute session, like our deep dive session. And prior to that, they'll have filled out like a whole lengthy questionnaire. And I sit with that for like kind of 30 to 60 minutes, like really starting to get like 
a glimpse into our, our, you know, as, as deep of a glimpse that I can into this, into this individual to say like, all right, we're going to start like with me two feet in your world already. So that conversation is impactful in that 90 minutes. And we're starting to put together like the connections of, and helping to educate the individual to say like, Hey, this is your body. Let's help you to learn about it. Let's help you to learn a little bit of like the hypothesis and the theories that like based on your symptoms and your past medical history and the information that we do have, if they sent me any labs that they've done, we'll put that into the the equation. And we start to kind of also figure out like, all right, what's the long-term plan in terms of like, or I guess the next, you know, three, four month plan in terms of where are the big question marks? Like, what is the functional testing going to help us to understand of like, if we're seeing like, wow, there's a lot of inflammation symptoms. Where's the inflammation coming from? Mm-hmm. Wow, there's a lot of like GI symptoms. All right, let's look at the gut. Wow, there's a lot of like hormone symptoms or cortisol-like symptoms or thyroid-like symptoms. Like, all right, we need some hormone panels. And usually in my private practice, we run um, like up to $1,500 of testing and we kind of do baseline testing and follow-up testing usually at the four or five month mark. So we're really looking at like, what are the things going on? And then let's make sure that we're moving the needles in the way that we like need to. That's great. And then we figure out like, what are some of the low hanging fruit? Like, is this person not going to the bathroom? We got to fix that immediately. Cause that's, we talk a lot about drainage systems in my practice of like really helping to open up, like how does our body let go of waste? Mm-hmm. Very much the same way of how our body lets go of emotions, but like allowing things to actually go out. So if we have constipation, it's the, we're plugging up everything at the base of the funnel. That's leading to your hormone symptoms. That's leading to your headaches and migraines. That's leading to your certainly digestive discomfort, but it's leading to skin conditions, leading to so much. So kind of low hanging fruit in that way, or if someone's not sleeping or if there's, you know, other dynamics. So we start to work on those. The first month we meet every week to really put the foundations. We're talking about what are you eating? When are you eating? How are you sleeping? What's your energy, lifestyle, circadian rhythm, like really helping to say like, let's hold hands and apply, you know, and build a lifestyle that is not like shove you in the box, even yeah, yeah, yeah. like circle peg <laughs> square hole but really kind of coming up with like, how can we apply that? And then the rest of the the six months we meet every other week to really see like, how is your body responding? How are we like continuing to deepen these conversations? Cause we can't learn everything in four right. weeks. We can't, but really that idea of why is that six months on there is like our bodies, our gut in particular, cause I specialize in, in digestive and gut health. So that's a lot, a lot of my clients come with. It's really like, we're talking like six months to a year of healing. Wow. And, you know, some of us, like, I'll tell you, I had a 15 year healing journey. I mean, it was a little bumbly because I was like learning how to do it on the way, right. but like, it's not overnight. And like, and we don't actually know how long someone's body, like, even as I've been doing this for, you know, 15 years, 12 years, like most officially with my LLC and all that stuff, like, I can't tell you how long your body's going to take to heal. I can tell you, we can have a massive reduction in symptoms in like three months, but is that going to be like, see you later. Like it was so great to see you like have great with Like I want my clients to come to me and not need me at the end of their relationship with me. Mm. And you know, if they want to come back and do like some labs, like once or twice a year, I've got clients like that all the time. Like, great. Like happy to see you and maintain from there. But really it's like, let's do the work to like help you to be the person that you were brought into this world to be. And that's like really what that, that hand holding like kind of piece is. And so, so that's the private practice piece. And okay. it's, it is very curated to the individual, lots of lab testing, lots of just like customization is kind of that like term. And that's, I mean, I love all arms of my, of my practice, but you know, that's, that's a lot for someone. Yeah. So how do we, and that, this is something that I've been, um, kind of working on the past couple of years and it's really been launched in the last six months. Like how do we give the tools of functional medicine to a more approachable 
like, you know, to, to heal thousands, right? Because that's really what I want to do is I want to heal thousands of people, but I am one human. How does one human heal thousands of people without like burning myself out like a <laughs> lunatic? And that's really where the no drama digestion comes in. So that's an online program that is like everything that I do in my private practice, but put into, um, kind of like online modules, videos that help you to learn the nutrition and the lifestyle. Everything is, um, done by symptoms. So you start to then kind of figure out like, oh, is this me? Do I need to change my diet in this way or that way? Do I need to change my lifestyle? And there's supplements that are kind of built into the program. We do offer testing inside of the program. So if someone does um, either hit a glass ceiling of like, hey, I got better, but like, I'm still struggling with X, Y, Z. And we're like, all right, we need to know more about your body. We do it inside there. It's discounted. And because you're in our, you're in our container. And it's my, we have live coaching and I have health coach in there. So there's a tremendous amount of support and we get a year access to that. Wow. And so, and we have a continuation for people that, you know, want to work with us for more than a year, but that's really where, you know, we're able to have a community in there, which is a huge healing piece itself. You're okay. able to have access to, you know, expert providers, but you're able to also like apply these things at your own pace in your own life. You have the space and the time to do it. And the investment is, is much more approachable for, you know, thousands of people. Mm-hmm. That is wonderful. Is that, do you find that that ends up being the more popular option for people or do you have a good mix of both? It's, it's relatively new. So we're again, like in okay. like, I think we're at the five, I think we're just coming onto our six month mark. Um, so we're a little bit like 50, 50 in terms yeah. of like, who's in my private practice, my like goal where we're launching again, it's, it's always open. Um, but we do some like exciting launches and like webinars and stuff like that. We do a drainage training, which is all about our drainage system and how oh. we can support it and stuff like that and kind of kick off like awareness about the program yeah. um, in January again. So we're hoping to tip the scales come January to get an NDD, like, like it's butterfly that comes out of its chrysalis. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. With all of that sort of being said, we I promised that we would get back to duality and you're talking about the way we drain our body and our emotions. So mm-hmm. you're already segueing the conversation. But I think that you and I, one of the things we like really bonded about is just sort of how this can be a very transformative, weird time in our lives, but so amazing at the same time. Um, but also it's sort of like what our body's always been going through. Like these two things, this, I hate to use the word battle cause it shouldn't have to be, but this battle of our physical and our mm-hmm. emotional health, you know, when we're coming to like this time in our lives, I think you have half your friends that are married with babies and half your friends that are still trying to figure it out. And with our body, you've got, you know, your muscles are hurting, your joints are aching, but you've also got a lot of emotional stuff internally that you're trying to work through. And like, how do we balance both? And can there be both? And I think like the answer is yes, but like rather than trying to make them battle one another, it's having them work with each other to find better solutions. Um, And I think that your practice specifically just goes so above and beyond, no pun intended, but like on making it more than just these two compartments, I guess, you know, and really like talking about the energy that sort of lives within both of those spaces. Um, And I'm curious, I was just my jaw was on the floor. I was just zoned in, hanging on every word you were saying when you were talking about 
this energy and how we store it in our body um and sort of there's different places for mm-hmm. different types of energy and you had mentioned the beginning of the show with your journey you had a lot of this masculine energy um i'm curious what is this all about? Like, how would you sort of simplify this for people and explain to them, like, how our body stores energy and what types of energy there is? Yeah. And I think it really, I mean, there's a there's a great book of, like, Your Body Keeps the Score, which mm-hmm. is a great place, like, if someone's like, what is this person talking about and, like, wants more? But that idea of, like, our body does keep the score. And, like, our emotions and the energy that we interact with people around us or even our environments. Like I think that the easiest way to think about like energy and how we feel it. I mean, we can think about like vibes, like yeah. you know, you walk into a room and someone's in like a pissed off mood and they don't even have to say anything. You Maybe you didn't know. Oh my God. You're like, I could cut the tension in here with a knife. Like how do we just know that? Or yeah. you go watch the sunset or you are at the ocean and you're like, ah, oh, like I just feel like so like chill. And it's like, that's where we're experiencing the energy around us. And, you know, to then have it just end there, it's like, no, we are energy inside of us. And even when we think about like, we are electric beings, like Mm. our heart beats to a electric impulse, our mitochondria are constantly like moving things across an electrical gradient. Like we are interacting with everything around us and our emotions are part of that. And when everything wants movement and flow, And when we kind of approach our emotions and our body in this like rigid way of we don't let ourselves feel. And this is something that, you know, I was like the anti-feeler. I didn't even know I was an anti-feeler. I feel like Mm -hmm. for, you know, years until really figuring like I had a coach who um, was kind of my intro into like business coaching, but she was more of an emotional coach was like, really make it like, was like, Abby, like feel into your body. And I'm like, I don't want to like, and finally I came out with like, I don't want to. And she's like, well, that's why you're not. And I'm like, oh, I'm choosing not to like, okay. And that place of like, start physical, like start with like, all right. Like she, she painted this uh, picture for me of like a little swimmer, like on my shoulder that just like dives into the top of my head and like picture the swimmer, like swimming through your face. And all right, you're like feeling your, it's almost like a guided muscle, like relaxation, but almost just like checking in. It's like, oh, now they're at your shoulders. Like, how does your shoulder feel? And I'm like, oh, now I go, okay. I'm just like relaxing, and like <laughs> swim, like all down. And like, what does it feel like to be in your body? And then you kind of start to feel like, oh, like, oh, that place. Okay. There's some like tension there. And then, you know, to take it the next step further, we kind of think about like there's relationships with like organs and systems that can hold energy and hold emotions, particularly if it gets like stuck, if we're not allowing it to like be felt and be like exercised out mm-hmm. of the body. And that's where like we can think. And um, I work really closely with medical and intuitive in my practice. I even, I bring her in not to diminish her to like a lab test, um, but I bring her in with my one-on-one clients and she, she works, um, we're working on something for the no drama digestion program. Um, but really to like help to kind of bring together like where those emotions sit and how we kind of exercise them out. But, you know, even the, um, like the liver is like anger typically gets stored there. And the like large intestine is more like relationship with the masculine or maybe with men in our life. And the small intestine is more like relationship with the feminine or like mother, um, or women in life. And then like gallbladder, um, I might get these wrong, uh, but like shit is more like shame and there's more 
like bigger umbrellas to those than just that. But that idea of like, where are we holding? Where does emotion almost, um, almost like having a congestion in like a detox pathway or mm -hmm. inflammation in your colon or something like, how is that also involved with maybe our like experiences or our childhood or our trauma, like big T, little T yeah. and how does that like sit in our bodies? And, you know, do we need to do this like crazy, like exorcism of sorts to get it out? Like, no, really it's like through awareness and like feeling into our body and like loving ourselves and our body. And that body love is hard. You know, can we start with like neutrality first of like, okay, body, like mm -hmm. you great, you function, you carry me through the day. It's like, you know, for better, for worse in like terms of, um, <laughs> you know, abilities for yeah. that, but like, and starting to like move from there to get to that like deeper place of like appreciation and like wanting to feel into your body, even when your body feels uncomfortable. This is just so fascinating to me. And I think that I would, I would, what's the way I want? I would dare anyone listening, like before you, you know, raise your nose, get a little skeptical, like look into this and just see if there are any correlations, you know, just internally you don't have to talk to anybody about it like you know what I mean because I, th I think people get so scared of like the things they're going to dig up when they look into this sort of thing but rather than being scared like I urge you to do it because it could be a breakthrough you know and things that we think that we've gotten over things that we've told ourselves we've already worked through sometimes that you haven't, you know, you've just tucked it away mm -hmm. and it would be, I think it would be really like a nice exercise for everybody to just take a look in like things that maybe have happened in their lives, how their body is feeling or what their body has been telling them and saying, okay, are there any connections here? Can I make any relations between the two? Um, because I think like it is becoming more and more common that we're realizing like, you know, our subconscious is at work all day long and it's doing a heck of a lot of stuff that we are not aware of. And like you said, those little things, like you walk into a room, you feel a vibe, you watch a sunset. You've never questioned how you can understand or interpret though that energy. So why couldn't this be just like an added layer to it? You know, yeah. do you feel like um, that is something that can be treated with that, that hanging on to, is it something that can be helped or improved with our diet and our exercise? Do you think it's something that really requires more of like a therapy route? How would you tackle that? Um, if you know, you were to find, or how would you suggest somebody tackles that if they were to sort of start to put those pieces or those connections together? Yeah. I think the first place to always start is like awareness yeah. of that piece of like, does this like resonate with you and that feeling? And I feel like for so many of my clients, whether they come in like ready to jump in like the woo woo end of the pool, or if they're like, you know, I feel like when we start these kind of conversations of like the, the introduction of like, Hey, like, you know, this is, and this is probably like months, like two or three, I like start to go into this, yeah. but like that piece of like, you know, our emotional self is, and usually these conversations come up because it's like, what is, you know, our when we think about eating, like we, when you're born, like you cry for food. That's like the first thing that we're like looking for as infants. 
And whether it's like bottle fed, breastfed, like that, whatever, it's like that feeding, that is safety, that is comfort, that is like, you know that you're like, ah, oh, and you that you can watch that little infant, like it's like, oh, like they just like their body's little melts and then they like go to sleep after, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, they just, they just came crying for what, and they got exactly what they needed. And so it's like trying to separate like nutrition from emotion, like we can't, cause they're, right. we are ingrained to have those like inextricably connected. And it's more of that, like, where did that become disconnected or where did we start like overlapping mm-hmm. or spider webbing these connections to then like, you know, eating being a negative thing because it's, it's, you know, impacting our, our body image or, um, or even I, I think, you know, when we start to, to get even deeper in this conversation, like in kind of the clients and things, it's like, let's take in like leaky gut yeah. intestinal permeability. So like our gut, we go back to that being the barrier, the boundary of our body, mm-hmm. that donut model of sorts, the hole in the donut, the frosted part of the donut when we have intestinal permeability or leaky gut, we have a breakdown in that barrier. That is, I mean, that is present in pretty much like every person with GI symptoms, but inflammation, like it is a very common thing. When we then think about healing the barrier to our gut also involves healing the boundaries to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it like saying no to things and like standing up for ourselves, maybe exiting positions or relationships or experiences that feel like they are, you know, maybe taking advantage of you or like that is part of that, like healing too, of kind of like stepping into being like, where am I not in alignment in my life? And is that actually showing up in places in my body? So it's like, do we, you know, in certain of those things, like for some people, therapy might be a really wonderful compliment to the physical like healing that they're doing. And and that's certainly a lot of times where my clients end up kind of seeking additional support. But there's also a lot of this that we can do ourselves. Like I'm a big uh, to be magnetic fan. Oh, okay. Mm. So that's like more of a, um, like a program that like kind of leads you through. They do like, they call them deep imaginings. They're like meditation, kind of guided meditations of sorts that kind of lead you through with journaling a lot of these pieces. And there's a lot of people who have massively changed their lives. And I think even changed their health through like that can be a piece for, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, from, you know, an affordability standpoint, or maybe there's not the right provider or whatnot, like a nice way to enter in. So I think there's a lot of different ways that we can kind of get into that world in that like emotional healing, Mm -hmm. or even just spending more time like in not necessarily silence, but like with yourself, like when you go for walks, like don't listen to music, don't listen to a podcast, like just like go for a walk. Imagine. I know. <laughs> I do do that. And I still don't put headphones in because I'm like such a weirdo. And like still, I'm like, ooh, if I had the headphones in, like, and I'm just like in my own little world. Right, because you yeah. just feel like at least no one will talk to you, right? That's how I am. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I can yeah. yeah, but really, I just don't, I just don't want to be bothered. Um, but there's nothing playing, but truly it, it, like I, I do notice, I mean, just God, where we are in 2022, almost 2023, it's like, we don't have our phones in our hands for five minutes mm-hmm. and we feel lost. Mm-hmm. And that this connection to the world around us has almost made us lose a connection to ourselves you know because we're just it's so accessible we forget to like do little check-ins I couldn't with agree one more. another with ourselves with our totally with ours it's like that like third party 
telling us, I mean, we can even think about it like, how do we know when we're satisfied from a meal? It's like, my pants are tight. There's no more food on my plate. Like I'm, um, you know, I, I, there's just nothing else to eat right, or, right, you know, or I'm right. like sick to my stomach or something. And it's like, none of those are internal cues. Mm-mm. So it's like, even listening, like on a very tangible piece of like, are you satisfied from a meal? It's like, do I even know what feeling like satisfied feels like? What does hungry feel like? And like, you know, that's a little bit of that, like from the shallow end into like emotions of like, how are you feeling? Yeah. And, and there's, you know, times that, but it, I think to your point that you said earlier, like that, there can be a lot in there, especially for those of us, I put myself in this, you know, of like, I had not done any of that work before. Oh no. And it felt like I was going into like this, like chasm of like a dark spider web attic. And I was like, oh, this is really, this isn't going to be fun. And sometimes you go in and you come out of it you go in and you come out of it. And then it's like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's a little tidier in there than (laughs) like, at least I walked through all the icky spider webs and like. Yeah. Well, you started off by saying baby steps and you know, baby steps is really, it's, it's, it's nothing wrong with baby steps. It's a Mm -hmm. good place to start. Um, for people who are interested in learning more about the services and your programs that you offer, the Instagram is just above health. Yes. Is the website above health nutrition. Correct. Okay. So above health nutrition is where mm-hmm. they can find you. If they have questions, do you have like a, a, maybe like a form on your website that they can fill out or should they DM you? What do you prefer in terms of communication? Yeah. I mean, I'm very active on Instagram. So mm-hmm. a DM is like always a welcome place to start. Um, I do offer 30 minute strategy calls. So they're complimentary calls where we just really talk about like where you're at in your kind of health journey, what you're looking for and really help to figure out like what's the most aligned path for you. Is it, you know, through above health or Mm -hmm. is there actually another provider that, you know, within my network that might even be a better fit for you? And I'm certainly not shy about, um, I just want people to get to the right place because, you know, my 15 year journey, I don't want someone else to have a 15 year journey. I'd like them to shrink that timeline. And, um, you know, if I'm a part of it, amazing. If I'm not, we put you with a person who's even more amazing for you like that. You know, we all want to work with like aligned people mm-hmm. and have, you know, the right people in our life who are meant to be there. Um, so those, there's a form on our website that you can book one of those strategy calls. Also, if you DM me, um, we have a link in bio, or I can just send you a link, like whichever way you come to us, we'll help you to filter to that place. But that's typically where most people, um, I'll send people to that, to get on the phone and just talk it out. Perfect. I love that you're like, just very candid about you know, I would send you away if it didn't make sense, it wasn't the right fit, or if I have a better recommendation for you, that to me instantly like instills trust in a provider. You know what I mean? If you're like, oh no, I I think there's someone that could do better. I'm like, wait, no, 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 but I want you because I know that for you to say that you really care about my health and my journey. So um, I appreciate you being, you know, that way and having that mindset um, because it shows that you really want to have your patients see progress and, and feel improved. That's wonderful. Um, Lastly, before I let you go, I always like to sort of end with a piece of advice. Um, And it can either be sort of like, if you, you know, skip through this whole episode and you take away nothing but this one thing, this is what I want you to know. Um, Or it can be a more general piece of advice, um, maybe something that you wish your younger self knew a little bit sooner or something that you'd like other women to know. Do you have anything that comes to mind? So I always think, um, and this was something that was kind of taught 
to me really by like the, I suppose the medical intuitive that I work closely with of like this idea that there are, and I'm like so bad with like population numbers, but like what there's like, let's call it like trillions of people of human beings that have been on this planet for, you know, years and years of however long it's been a lot around for. And like, we are on this planet now at this time in the 21st century where like, I mean, arguably like it is chaos. And within that though, there is so much opportunity for us to step into, like we are here for a reason. Every single person on this planet is here for a reason. And like, we need each one of us in our most like aligned and authentic and like vital selves to be that person. And that's like, what I believe that I do for people is like, I'm a big environmental, like big environmentalist. And I care a lot about the bees um, because they are like so important, but like in the height of my health struggle, I felt so terrible that like, I don't think I could have really given a lot of shits about the bees. Like I was like, Mm -hmm. I think I cared about them then, but I was like, I do, I don't really have that much extra energy to like really take, like, like go out of my way to like, you know, travel across the world or do something big or whatever. And so I think like where, you know, me helping clients through my programs and my practice to heal their bodies and their digestive symptoms, to allow them to like do the big, amazing things that they are brought into this world to be, to like raise the level of like love and consciousness is like truly what, and to like, so every single person like listening that it's like, you have a reason why you are here. And maybe it's, you know, not like fame and national, like, you know, kind of accolades of that. Like that doesn't mean any more than just like, your little like ripple effect in the world. And, but when we don't feel aligned in our own health and in our body, like that is impeding us from being able to do those things and being that person. Yeah, reaching your full potential. Exactly. I need that to be my like alarm clock sound in the morning. That will like raspy voice. Shit, get me out of bed for my you know hour ten minutes of daylight in the the world needs you. I'll be like, God damn it! All right, already I'll get up. That was man. That was powerful. That is, I mean, when it boils down to it, and that took me a while to get there, but it's like that. I'm like, oh, like that's when I'm like, oh, that hits. Like, okay, like that's the real reason. Yeah, no, now I feel guilty. (laughs) Thank you, but you're right. Um, Nothing like a little bit of a push to get you going, and that certainly was that. Um, But no, I that was very sincere, and I hear what you're saying, and I think that it's very important for other people to sort of let that sink in. And I totally appreciate that sentiment. Um, Before I do let you go, I did forget I didn't. at your name of your podcast and where they oh. can find the podcast too. Yes. Cause I want them to listen. So the name of our podcast is your body has your back. Um, and we are on Apple and Spotify and all of the other platforms. That I don't actually know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, your body has your back. Your body has your back. Perfect. Yep. Okay. And you just are almost coming to the end of your first season, right? Yes. Okay, we do perfect. have an Instagram too. Your body has your back at okay. your body has your back. So you can find us on, um, on Instagram. Perfect. Too. But they'll have a good handful of episodes. They can kind of binge it and listen to. Yes. And those are really the foundations. The first season is the foundations of my co-host is a hormone specialist. I'm a gut health specialist of what we really believe is for men and women, but there's a lot of episodes that are really um, geared towards women that really are the foundations of like what we want people to know in terms of like nutrition and lifestyle and like aligning yourself circadian rhythm with like the foundations that we hope every client already knows before they come see us. 
Perfect. Well, I can't wait to listen. I hope you guys listen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Abby. Honestly, I like this is just this is stuff that gets me excited. I love this. I'm so grateful that you showed up today. And this was her first in-person podcast. She's only ever done Zoom virtual podcasts. So thank you for allowing us to be your first. Thank you for being here. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.